0: Good morning and welcome to Holy Trinity on this beautiful winter day, we are so glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. We gather in God's grace and because of God's welcome of us, we welcome all of you, whatever your identity or background, and that could be your religious or spiritual identity, um, perhaps you're not even sure what you think of church or organized religion. It might be your racial or ethnic identity or sexual or gender identity or even political or worldview, and the many ways we divide people. Here we are one in God's grace and mercy. If you are a newcomer, there's some information that might be helpful for you on page 19 at the back of the, church, back of the bulletin, um, and there are some yellow slips in the pew rack that we invite you to fill out and place in the offering on the way to communion. A few announcements on page 14 Please note that this is the week that our mission endowment uh, grant applications are due. Note the Super Bowl party next week, the Daytimers program coming up in a week and a half, the anti-racism um, event on February 8th. So please note uh, those announcements as well. The large flowers in the middle of the uh, behind the cross uh, are from. Uh, the funeral yesterday of our beloved member, Norm Kaiser, and we remember him with great fondness this morning. We prepare now for our entrance hymn. <laughs> grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let Let us pray. Lord God, your loving kindness always goes before us and follows after us. Summon us into your light and direct our steps in the ways of goodness that come through the cross of your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from
1: Isaiah. There will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, the Lord brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, the Lord will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness will have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Median. Word of God, word of life.
2: reading from 1 Corinthians. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, My brothers and sisters, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Well, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus, but beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might, be, might not be emptied of its power? For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, the cross is the power of God. Word of God, word of life.
3: On Friday, I asked for some sermon help on Facebook. Tell me some of your memorable questions or incidents you remember from job interviews. And boy, did the responses come flooding in, some of them too racy or racist to repeat from the pulpit. But here's a couple of examples. When I was 18, I was asked to describe myself in a single word. So I said vivacious because it was the biggest word I could think of on the fly. Oh, 18-year-old self, what were you thinking, she said. A couple of people were asked, if you could be any fruit or vegetable, what would you be and why? Now, what that has to do with the job, I have no idea. A woman pastor a friend of mine was asked, how do you expect to breastfeed in the pulpit? An African-American friend of mine was asked, what's your middle name? You people have such exotic names. And I was told during an interview 20 years ago that I would not be a good role model for the youth at the church because of the earring I have right here in my upper ear. Good thing they didn't know about the hidden tattoo under my shirt. But Jesus didn't interview anyone. He just calls them. We're not sure if he knew them beforehand or just came upon them at the shore, but Jesus calls out to Simon Peter and his brother Andrew and simply says, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And then again, when he sees James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and he calls them too. Immediately, in both instances, they followed Jesus, accepted the call. There were no follow-up questions, no negotiations, no contracts signed. Come, follow me, Jesus calls. And they did. Can you imagine your call to a new job going anything like that? No? Good. Because this call from Jesus was more than just a new job. Switching from fishing for people to so sorry, switching from fishing for fish to fishing for people. It was a call to a new way of life, a recentering of purpose, a reorientation of relationships. It was a new vocation. Now, when we start talking about vocation and call in the church, we can easily get into trouble. For far too long, call stories have been reserved for ordained clergy. Church leaders talk about our call stories because we've been taught and trained and coached to do so during our training. We have the luxury of working in an occupation where our faith and work and family and many other dimensions of our lives come together. But in a study on vocation that was sponsored by the Lilly Endowment several years ago, they learned that very few church members actually felt called, very few believed that what they did with most of their time mattered to God and the church or made a particular difference in the world. Many of us, and I'll say pastors included too, have a hard time seeing a direct connection between what we do and what we believe, which is why we don't feel called. And this is when I had an epiphany which is perfect for the season of Epiphany, when light shines forth in the darkness or in the shadows to reveal something new. So here's the Epiphany. God's calling isn't simply to do something, but rather to be something, a child of God. Maybe being comes before doing. Maybe being even makes doing. Possible. Our first call, our only call, is the one that is rooted in our baptismal call, A child of God. James and John, Andrew and Peter, didn't know what they were going to do when Jesus summoned them to fish for people. They probably didn't even know what that meant at that point in the story but they knew that Jesus saw something in them, something of value and worth. They had no idea where they would go or what they would do, but they knew that Jesus was calling them to be his disciples, and they trusted that the rest would become clear in time. You, my friends, are called without an interview, without a contract, The Holy One sees value in you and calls you to be, simply be, a child of God. God honors you. God loves you. God names you and claims you and says, follow me. And if you are open to living in that light, you learn over time what it means to live in that relationship. And you find all kinds of things to do in response to that call. As I pondered this epiphany about being and doing this week, I couldn't help but think of Norm, our beloved member who died this week. Many of you knew him as the usher who greeted you at the front door when you walked in. He was definitely a doer around here. He could fix anything, and he did manage almost every corner of this building. Now, would he have said that that was his calling, I don't know. But yesterday, we celebrated everything that he did for this congregation and the many ways that he served here. But we also celebrated and remembered his faithfulness as a child of God, his primary call. Like many Lutherans, Norm didn't necessarily talk about his faith, but we all knew his faithfulness. And though he absolutely did a lot around this church. What we primarily remembered about him at his funeral yesterday was his being a child of God, called into the mercy and love of God's kingdom, in life and in death. And I see you living out your call as children of God in the world, in your families and among your friends at your work and in your schools or neighborhoods, in your relationships. Do you recognize it as a call from God? Turns out most of us don't, but maybe we need to be reminded that it is. In this week's E! News opener, Jonas Ellison writes about the baptism of his daughter, Rory, two years ago. She was four at the time, and Jonas called it one of the most sacred days of his family's life. He wrote, we are loved by God from our first breath to our last and beyond. And baptism is a sacred symbol of God's incessant, untiring, undeserved, unmerited, unconditional, and unfailing love for us through Jesus Christ. And that is our call. At this font, or one like it, nourished at this table, or one like it, You may or may not have memorable questions or incidents from your job interviews, but in this space or another like it, there were questions asked of you too, of you or those who brought you or the assembly that surrounded you. Parents, do you promise to help your child grow in the Christian faith and life, to nurture them in faith and in prayer? Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? And whenever we affirm our baptism, we are asked, Will you live among God's faithful people to hear the word of God and share in the supper and proclaim and serve and strive for justice and peace in the world? So instead of job interview questions, let's think of these questions and the promises of our call. Let's tell our baptism stories and remember our call to be, simply be, children of God. Rory could tell you, and so could her parents, as Jonas wrote to this beloved congregation. It was one of the most sacred days of our lives. And I think that's just lovely. Amen.
0: with the whole church let us confess our faith i believe in
4: together through water and the word, we boldly pray for the church, the world, and all who long to hear God's voice. Holy One, your voice calls us to follow. Thank you for raising up missionaries in every generation, especially Timothy, Titus, and Silas, and for all who serve you near and far. Lord, in your mercy. Maker of all, we rejoice in the beauty and abundance of the earth. Unite us in our shared calling to be stewards of creation, to reduce waste, to simplify our lives for your sake. Lord, in your mercy. Ruler of all, thank you for those who run for local and national office and all who serve as elected leaders. Gather wise and courageous voices together, especially in times of partisanship, that your mercy and justice would dawn upon all people and nations. Lord, in your mercy. Healer of all, thank you for sanctuary and safety. Uplift all who live where fear governs and evil divides. Give refugees and all who seek safety a path toward hope and new life. Grant healing and wholeness to all who are sick, lonely, or grieving, especially all grieving the death of Norm Kaiser and those we name silently or aloud. Thank you for the ministries of this congregation, including our partners who work for greater acceptance of people of all sexual and gender identities and expressions. Bless our annual meeting and inspire us to boldly live our faith in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Risen Lord, we marvel at the meaning of your resurrection. Give us faith to place our hope in you as we give thanks for the faithfully, faithful departed, especially, especially blessed Mary, Lydia, Dorcas, and Phoebe, and Thomas Aquinas. May their witness help us follow your call. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our
0: prayer. We place our prayers before you, God, united in your spirit, through your, through your beloved son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The peace of Christ be with you always.
5: Of your hearts, we lift them
6: to the Lord.
5: let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, right
6: to give our thanks and praise.
5: It is indeed right, our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life.
0: Holy God, the universe declares your praise beyond the stars, beneath the sea, within each cell, with every breath. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. Generations, bless your faithfulness through the water, by night and day across the wilderness, out of exile, into the future. We bless you, O oh God. We bless you, oh God. We give you thanks for your dear Son at the heart of human life, near to those who suffer, beside the sinner, among the poor, and with us now. We thank you, O
5: God. We thank you, O
0: God. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering his love for us on the way, at the table, and to the end, we proclaim the mystery of faith. for the gift of your spirit in our gathering, within this meal, among your people throughout the world. Blessing, praise, and thanks to you, holy God, through Christ Jesus, by your spirit, in your church, without end.
5: Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us.
1: Let us pray nourishing god we thank you for inviting us to your table where all are welcome for feeding us with the bread of life and for quenching our thirst with the cup of
3: blessing as you have filled us with your love and hope may we be signs of your grace
1: for all who hunger and thirst for good news through christ our lord amen
0: Amen. we hope that you can join us now for our annual meeting which begins with a church potluck. And there's food for all, so um, you can go right through this exit door and up the stairs and consider our blessing at this table, our table blessing on the food, but also a reminder wherever and whenever we are, where we might not say a prayer out loud loud to just take a moment, to take a breath, to look at your food before you taste it and, and say and think of gratitude. And this week, as we particularly remember the loss of norm, we remember that life is short. And we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love. Make haste to be kind. And the blessing of the triune God who made us, loves us, and goes before us be upon you and all those whom you love. This day and always. Amen.
3: Act with courage, be radically inclusive, cultivate empowering relationships, delight in God's beauty, engage with intention, and in the name of Christ, go in peace. Thanks be to God.